Please pray, come Holy Spirit, with me three times. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here this day. We ask for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, especially for the gift that we least like asking for, humility. Please calm our minds and calm our hearts and help us enter more deeply into this Mass. And please, Lord Jesus, cover this place in your most precious blood to know that we belong here. We make all these prayers in the name of Jesus, who is Lord and Savior forever and ever. Amen. Some people in this town seem to either think I'm getting too skinny and others think I'm getting too fat. Oddly, the past uh, few weeks, some people have been bringing pies from Music in the Park and other people have been very gracious to give me a lot of their vegetables from their garden. And one person this past week gave me some pickles and they were all in a jar. And it's as this is, where, this is how weird my mind is, so follow with me here for a second. But you have to think, if you were a pickle in a jar, you couldn't even read your own label. You wouldn't know what you're made of. You wouldn't know if you're healthy or unhealthy. You wouldn't know if you're a blessing or a curse. You wouldn't know that because you don't have someone to tell you the truth of what you're made of and to help you. And that is why I always encourage us to have a mentor, to have a coach, to have somebody to walk with us, to disciple us, to show us our blind spots, to show us where we are weak, but also to show us where we are gifted, to encourage us and to affirm us so we can build the kingdom of Jesus. So I've heard that other churches, you know, not this church, of course, but other churches, that they can be very prideful and they resist change. You know, not this church, of course, but other churches. And they, they, they resist growing and they wonder why we're not growing and they wonder why we're not living the gospel at times or where are the young families. You know, the list goes on and on. But not this church, of course, but other churches. And, uh, you know, in those churches, um, the opposite of what we hear in our gospel reading, in our first reading, which is humility, is pride. They get prideful, they get puffed up, and they resist change. And to be humble is what we're called to do in our gospel reading today, in our first reading today, is to be earthy, to be low, which comes from the Latin homus. And when we look at that, it means we are aware of our littleness. Not our worthlessness, but our littleness and the grandiosity of God. So we have to ask ourselves, are we a humble parish? And when we look at the ways of God, we always have to look to our saints. We look to scripture. And one of our saints that I've always been fascinated with with his conversion is St. Augustine. And he said, if you were to ask me what are the ways of God, he said, I would tell you the first way is humility. The second way is humility. And the third way is what? Humility. Okay, you're catching on. Good. Now, he says, he ends with, he's saying, there's, he's saying not that there's other ways than humility, but he said, if, if humility does not precede all that we do, our efforts are fruitless. And reflecting on my own life, you know, I'm well aware of how prideful I can be. And I'm sure you've noticed, too, you can say he's prideful here and prideful there. But, you know, there's a, th- a few things, I think, that might help us to become a less prideful parish and a more humble parish And I'm just going to go through a list of different things to maybe help you as you head into the school year, as you head into uh, Labor Day weekend. Because the first thing um, I think we need to look at, because it's so easy 
it's so easy to think that we're better than others or to think we're worthless. We're always kind of on extremes, but I want to kind of just bring us back to the middle a little bit. The first thing that I would say would be a wise decision, a humble decision, is something that I struggled with growing up for a long time because I was so prideful. And it even led into my time in seminary. And again, seminary is where you study to be a priest. And I remember one time I was going home and someone complimented my car. They said, hey, that's a nice car, Zach. Uh, it's, it's not that good of a car. It's, it's, it's been giving me issues. It's, it's cost me too much money. First thing I would say for a humble person is just say thank you when you receive a compliment. You know, it's so, it's so interesting if someone says, oh, nice haircut or nice shirt or nice this, nice that. Sometimes we poo-poo it away because we're so prideful we can't even receive a compliment. So the first thing I would say is just say thank you. The second thing is learning from your elders, learning from people that are older than you, but also that are younger than you, to never think that you have it all figured out. One thing that uh, one person I've always looked up to because she had a conversion later in her life is my mother, and she will go to any church she goes to, even when she's here, and she always makes it a goal to introduce herself to at least one person that she doesn't recognize and ask them who they are, where they're from, and tells them, tells them she's so happy they're there. Welcoming others, that's an act of humility. And my dad, one thing he always encouraged me to do is always at the end of the day ask yourself, did I do at least one unselfish thing today? Or was I just living for myself? Did I do at least one unselfish act for others today? Secondly, we have to learn as Catholic Christians how to not be afraid to ask for help. I was super bad at this. When I was first having my conversion in my 20s, I didn't grow up in a house where we prayed the rosary very often, so I didn't really know. And I remember one time I was asked to be on or help lead a retreat. I was not prepared because they asked me that question that maybe you've been asked before and you freak out. Hey, do you want to lead the rosary? No, that's okay. You do it. I'll, 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 I'll follow along. But internally, what I needed to do was saying and be humble and just say, I actually, I don't even know how to pray this thing. I have, I have no idea. I know the prayers, but I don't know what I'm meditating upon. And I think a lot of times we just have to be humble enough to ask for help, whether it's praying the rosary or, or even if we don't even know how to pray the meal prayer, how to go to confession, the list goes on and on. To not be afraid to ask to be mentored, to ask for help. Fourth thing is we have to be able, we have to be humble enough to admit fault. You know, just because you don't agree with somebody doesn't mean you have to hate someone. I find that in our culture today, if people disagree, we have to hate one another. We can't get along. We can't love that person. And we have to admit when we're wrong and let go of our grudges. It's interesting to me because our culture just promotes if you disagree, you have to exclude that person. But if you've been wrong like me at least once, I've been wrong at least once before, hopefully we can admit I'm wrong. And for any of you who have participated in any Alcoholic Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or what have you programs, the hardest thing for an addict to do is to say, I was wrong or I am wrong. So we have to admit fault. Husband and wives, it's always a good thing to admit who's wrong first. Take the humble road. The fifth thing is don't quit and persevere. You know, so often we think we don't, when we don't feel like doing something anymore, it's not worth it. That's called an immature Catholic. 
And the devil loves Catholics who quit. When we make a commitment to something like First Communion or we're confirmed and we say, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to live an upright life, we have to persevere. We have to grow in our faith and get past the point of, I don't feel like going anymore. Because if you and I did things based on our feelings, we would be absolutely horrible people. That's how we have to form our mind. We have to form our intellect to know, no, I made a choice when I w- my parents baptized me, when I was confirmed, when I had my first communion, when I went to confession, when I went to this retreat, that retreat. I made a choice. And just because I don't feel like doing it doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to quit. Because there's plenty of times when the devil plays tricks on your feelings and my feelings. So we have to get past the point of, I don't feel like it. Not that feelings don't matter, but if our basis of making decisions for quitting something and not persevering is my feelings, that's a sign of immaturity, and the, the gospel calls us to mature. Sixth thing is to admit failures and faults in ourselves before we point them out in others. For those of you who were here two weeks ago, I talked about the statistic in the Pew Research study that's been just crushing my heart. And it says that 33% of Catholics do not believe that Jesus Christ is truly present in the tabernacle right now. That means very few of us believe. And those of us who are under 40, only 20% believe in the true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. If this is true in this parish, if you believe that the bread and wine that is placed on your tongue is not the body and blood of Jesus, I have failed you in my two years of being here. I have somehow not prayed enough, fasted enough, and I take it on myself because that's my job as a priest to preach the truth. Somehow I have not proclaimed that clearly enough to get from your head to your heart that what we're doing here is so incredibly different. This is why we come to Mass and we don't go to a Protestant church or an evangelical church or, as a lot of people say, well, I pray and I go out to the woods. We come here because what you receive here you can't receive anywhere else on the planet, which is the body and blood of Jesus, which is on this, will be on this altar in just a moment. And if you don't believe that, I want to encourage you always to consider not coming forward to receive communion. Not to point fingers at you and say you're a horrible person, but really take a step back and think, if Jesus said, this is my body and this is my blood, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you, are we taking that leap of faith to look past what I physically see and what does Jesus say? It's really important. And the seventh thing I would say is to always look to learn more. Humble people are always looking to learn more. Some people I even see carrying a notebook with them to Mass. Not because they want to show others how much they know, but they want to show others how much they don't know. And this is where I would like to wrap this homily up. So you, we, I, us, we have to admit when we don't understand things. We have to be humble. I don't understand the Mass. I don't understand what we're doing. I don't understand. That's an act of humility. And the next act of humility would be to start searching for sources. So we're blessed enough here to have the Formed app. We have Alpha. We have Adoration. We have RCIA. We have our Exodus and Nineveh 90 programs coming up. We have Relevant Radio 92.9 FM. We have a Catholic radio station. We have so many resources to understand our faith. And for those of you who are doing that and participating in that, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. 
But for those of you who have been avoiding growing in our faith, the act of humility would be to start admitting, I need help. And I want us to go deeper right now and to look at what I would say is, are the two most humble things in this church right now. And maybe you look around and you're thinking, what are the two most humble things? I want us to look at the center aisle. So if you'd all kind of show me that you're listening and look at the center aisle for just a second here. In the center aisle is a ciborium with hosts in it and a cruet with wine in it. And why do we offer bread and wine at Mass? Because they represent unity. Bread and wine have traditionally nourished man throughout history, and when we bring which, that which God gives our physical substance, we become the offering at Mass. So the bread and wine represent you and me, and most importantly, the bread and wine had to suffer to get here. They had to sacrifice themselves for us, as we're called to sacrifice our lives for Jesus to build his kingdom. So wheat is humbled and sacrificed by being ground up and put through a furnace and baked into unleavened hosts. And grapes are humbled and sacrificed by placing themselves through the wine press and being smashed into wine. And so too it must be for us. We must suffer the death of our egos. We all must die to self to experience the resurrection, to humble ourselves on our knees and surrender everything that we are on the altar and stop saying, my will be done, and start saying, thy will be done. And when you offer yourselves at Mass, which is represented by the bread and the wine, do you know what you are receiving back? In your sacrifice. And Jesus says to each of us gathered here today, who are humble enough to hear it, might I add, Jesus says to you, you give me your despair and I will give you my hope. You give me your time and I will give you my eternity. You give me your lust and your impurity and I will give you my chastity. You give me your fears and I'll give you my confidence in the Father. You give me your death, and I'll give you my life. You give me your nothingness, and I will give you my all. You give me your fear of commitment, and I will give you my covenant. You give me your sins and addictions and confession, and I will give you my freedom. You give me your pride, and I'll give you my humility. You give me your weakness, and I'll give you the power of my spirit. You give me your shame and your guilt, and I'll give you my identity. You give me your brokenness, and I'll give you my healing. You give me your body and blood, and I will give you my body and blood. So what about everybody gathered here today? You know, not those prideful churches, of course, but what about you and I? What about this parish? What about us? If we were all pickles in a jar, what would your label say? Would your label say know-it-all or looking to learn, complainer or grateful, selfish or selfless, rigid or kind, prideful or humble? Let us pray in this Mass and in every Mass to take the humble route. 
to not be afraid to ask for help, to be people of gratitude, and to come to know through faith that Jesus Christ is truly on this altar because he is the most humble person in this room. Amen.